A lot of us drift along in life. Some of us make deliberate choices. That's what Ben and Aaron Klinkner did. Ben grew up on a dairy farm and went off to college swearing to his parents he'd never milk another cow again. Aaron was a city girl, growing up in a suburb of the Twin Cities, dreaming of life as a vet. And here's the first of two podcasts of what they actually did with their lives. I'm a sixth generation farmer raising the tough generation here. And at the end of the day, it's not about how much money I, I make. I mean, obviously I need money to, to buy the things that I need, but the legacy of carrying the torch to the next generation so that they are able to make a living and be able to work this land that our ancestors have runs so much deeper than making a million dollars. I'm here because it's, I get to raise my family here. There's really no other place I'd rather be at. How many of us can say that about our everyday lives? Not enough, I can tell you that much. And next, listen to Ben describe the beginnings of the 115-year-old Westby Creamery, the dairy cooperative that is part of his and Aaron's business model. You might have to listen twice to this one because it's not the usual American way of doing business. It's not about getting the biggest financial returns possible. It's about working to build a future. And as farmers become a hot new thing for investors to put their money into, it's something to listen to and think hard about. It's a hard concept for people today to understand in that those farmers built that co-op and they didn't make money while they did it. They, all, the, all the money that they would have made at that time went into building that cooperative. That's the same building that still stands there today. To understand the blood and sweat that went into that while they made no money, but they believed in the future of that co-op. So everything they were going to do was going to last past their, their farming or, or, or their lives. And, and, and if has. they could come and they come back and see that today, I think they would be in awe, but also would have said, that's why we did what we did. I'm Kate Rice with Monroe County Matters, and this is another in my series about cooperatives, a different kind of capitalism the Wisconsin kind. Ben is a farmer and the president of the board of the Westby Creamery. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to do this interview. What I wanted to do is have you give a little background on yourself and your career as a farmer. Did you grow up on a farm? I grew up on a farm between Cashton and St. Mary's Ridge. And when I graduated from high school, I went to the University of Wisconsin River Falls where I attained my bachelor's degree in animal science. When I went to school there, I told my parents I was never going to milk a cow again. However, two weeks later, I was milking cows at the university lab farm. <laughs> I did start working at the meat lab as my interest kind of went to the meat side of things. And after graduating there in 2011, I went on to North Dakota State University in Fargo, North Dakota, where I obtained my master's degree in animal science with an emphasis in meat science. There had always been the thought in my mind of coming back home to the family farm, uh, which I'd expressed to my dad when I was still at River Falls. And then during my last year at North Dakota State University, 
my dad mentioned to me again that the opportunity was there if I wanted it. And so I mentioned it to my girlfriend at the time, and she said, go for it. And so I told my dad that when I graduated, I'd come home. And we got engaged, and then we got married in August of 2013 after I, got, I graduated with my master's degree. And so you graduated went, in like May or? Yep, in May of 2013. And then I actually worked, since my wife was living in the Twin Cities at the time, I wanted to be close to her, and we were getting married in River Falls, Wisconsin. So I got a, a job at a, a large dairy farm in River Falls for the summer, so I could still be close to her, and that, since that's where we were getting married. We got married August 31st. We went on a couple-week honeymoon out west, and around September 15th, we moved back to the family farm. And we've been here for seven years now. Okay, uh, great. Yes. And so what's your farm operation like? We are a small organic dairy farm. We milk about 60 cows mm -hmm. with my parent. So we are in the transitioning stage of ownership between my parents and my wife uh -huh. and I. And so, you know, we own most of the cattle. The next step is going to be buying the land itself. My parents are still kind of young yet, so that hasn't happened, but you know, we buy equipment in. So it's a, it's a mm -hmm. partnership, I would call it. The farm has been in the family for over a hundred years and wow. right next, right next to the farm our farm is my uncle's farm and growing up my uncle and my dad each had their own herds but they shared equipment so that we could have nicer equipment since the cost was spread out mm. on the farm and we also were able to have uh, the labor of two farms together so that we can ultimately get more done in a day that still continues between my dad and my uncle but my uncle has a son on the farm and his wife and family and then my wife and our family are with my dad so we actually have four guys that specifically during like harvest season we can all work together uh, to get crops in so and we each uh, we each own two of our own farms and my dad and my uncle own another farm together and we rent one farm together. So wow. all together, we run over, we own run over 600 acres together. On a, on a great year, we have excess crops that we're able to sell. Um, hopefully on a bad year, we just don't have to buy anything. <laughs> right. And so just for people who don't farm and aren't familiar with farming, can you sort of describe the balance between crops, why you raise crops, how you use it to feed the cows? Just describe what the business model is. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, first off, since we are organic, in order to meet that certification, we have to graze our cattle for a minimum of 120 consecutive days in the mm -hmm. summer because you can't graze in the winter in Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> and they have to, we have to record that they are getting a minimum of 33% or a third of their diet comes from pasture. So we have a, a quite a few acres that are just devoted to grazing. Mm -hmm. um, and then the rest of the land, we raise alfalfa, so hay or forage for our cattle to eat during the winter months in particular. And then corn, probably about a third of our 
crops are corn to either be made into corn silage or grain corn, as that is a, a good portion of the diet as well. So we make those crops in the summertime or, you know, between the end of May and, well, we're usually done in November with the corn uh -huh. and we silo that or put in bags or make baled hay for our livestock to eat through the winter months. Okay. So you're really, really busy in the summer because you're both milking and raising crops. Yeah, since we are, uh, we're still small, so uh, we don't we don't have any employees to the farm. So yes, we do all of our own milking. We raise all of our livestock. We feed all of our livestock, and then in between morning chores of milking and night chores of milking, we are making hay or cultivating corn, planting, you know, depending on the, on the time of year, what we're doing. But we basically have about an eight hour window after we're done milking in the morning to get done what we need to get done before we milk at night again. And what time do you milk? In the morning, we milk around 530 and at night around five. Okay. Takes about an hour and a half mm -hmm. uh, for that process. And you, do you have a certain number of milking machines that do cycle around the herd or? Yep. So we have a stall barn. So the cows come in the barn and then we have six milking units that we move then from each cow to the next uh, when they're done milking. Okay. So how do you make money? You make money by selling milk and on good years selling any excess feed that you don't need. But can you Correct. just explain how that works and then how the Westby Creamery Cooperative works into that? Sure, I'll do my best. <laughs> so yes, our, our biggest sales on the farm are from our milk sales. So it's important that we have high quality feeds that have a good nutritional value in them to produce the milk uh, that we sell to Westby Creamery. People may not realize that when you sell milk, there's different components in it that are of uh, more value, uh, protein and butter fat specifically. Mm -hmm. um, so feeding a high energy diet, which you get more from corn and corn silage equates to a higher butter fat value. So like, we shoot for a 4% butter fat on a Holstein herd. And so there's a premium that the co-op pays us then for the higher butter fat that we have. Also like protein. That. Protein is a another component in milk, which your haze, your alfalfa, for instance, the higher protein in that can equate to a higher protein in the milk. And then we supplement specifically in the wintertime roasted soybeans to help increase our protein uh, component in the milk. And hopefully we can get to like a 3.2%. Um, milk is, is actually about 90% water. So huh. your cows need to have access to a lot of water. You know, they can, you know, drink 30 to 50 gallons of water a day. Wow. Um, which is important for their bodies to keep functioning and also to produce milk. Right. So it is still our goal as dairy farmers that, you know, animal care is important because if an animal isn't cared for well, isn't fed well, they're not going to do a lot of work for you. <laughs> so the nutrition so, is, sounds is, fair. is a, yeah, the nutrition is a, is a key part to our profitability in all reality. So everything we do in the summertime, raising these crops, having, good crops, taking them off in a timely fashion, 
getting them in a silo, preserving them well so that we can use them all winter is important to what those cows are going to do for us production wise. Right. So, um, do you sell olive milk to, to the creamery? Creamery? Do you yes. sell? Okay. Yep. Yep. Our contract is just with Westby Creamery. Okay. So. And then when, on years when you have excess feed to sell, where do you sell that? A lot of times people will get word of mouth. I mean, mm. the, the, the farming community is a tight knit community and they kind of have an idea where some excess is. Otherwise there's uh, magazines or online uh, marketplaces, uh, especially now, even on Facebook, you can sell uh, feed or equipment that you no longer need through the internet too. We're in an area where there's a lot of Amish and in the springtime, a lot of times they're looking for extra feed to get them to pasture. Mm -hmm. And so we'll sell, if we have excess crops, we'll sell that way to just local, local Amish neighbors. And that okay. provides a little extra income for us as well. Yes, our the main component of our sales is through Westby Creamery and our, our fluid milk that we sell to them. And how long has your farm been part of the Westby Creamery? Oh, early 90s. Yeah, that, I want to say like 94. Uh, okay. Don't hold me on that. I was pretty little at that time. Right, yet. I was going to say. I believe okay. that we started shipping to Westby. But then in the late 90s, uh, my dad and my uncle decided that they were going to try the organic industry. And at that time, Westby did not carry the organic line. So we shipped to a different marketplace from about 2000 until 2007 when Westby started up the organic line again. And we switched back to Westby. So we've been with them for about 13 years again now. Okay. What's your position? You're on the board of the creamery? Yes, I am a, a board director uh, currently serving as the president okay. of the creamery. Well, you want to put your board president hat on and talk a little bit about just what does the board do? And one thing that I've learned about cooperatives is typically a typical American business model is it's all about the financial return. People put money in so that they get money back and you're earning money. But what are the different criteria that you put into making business decisions as a board member? Or just maybe just want to talk about what you do as a board member. Sure. You can interrupt me. Okay. Yeah, you're going to probably have to repeat some of those questions. Yeah. First, Pete Kundrup is our general manager and he understands, I would say, the business model of the cooperative probably a little better than the rest of the uh, uh, board does. I'm actually a relatively new board member, but we do meet um, monthly and our job is to oversee management and, and make decisions that are in the best interest uh, for the future of the cooperative or the or, or even the short term of the cooperative and and how the cooperative will continue to thrive yeah you, you spoke about a typical business uh, model being you know make make lots and lots of money cooperative i will say is a little different in that i would say the main objective is that the co-op remain open. So yes, you need a profit, but it's more important that we are able to efficiently run 
make a profit so that we can stay open because we need to, we have a lot of pride. I say that in a general manner of all of our patrons. We have a general pride for Westby Co-op. It has been running for over 115 years and we would love to just see that place stay open. It is huge to the economy in Westby, in, in, in the Vernon County, even the surrounding counties that we can go into a store and we can find our product. And uh, many of our patrons have pride in, in being able to go into a store and buy the product that they produce the milk to create that. I may be going off on a tangent here. But, no, but I, um, as a I consumer, I, it's huge for me to go into like Hanson's IGA in Sparta and buy Westby Creamery Butter because I know where it came from. And I'm very prejudiced in that Westby Creamery Butter is the best butter that you will find <laughs> in the U.S. <laughs> and, you know, uh, you talked to Emily Wajkowski uh, and we brought her on just over a year ago as our sales manager. And she has been a huge asset to the creamery and the board helped create that position for her to be able to be placed in our management team. And she is working hard to get Westby name, the Westby logo nationally. You know, we're in kind of just the states close to us, but she's got us on the coasts. He's gotten right. our name into some stores on the coasts as well. So we're working to be known nationally, yet still maintain this small family farm image in Wisconsin and Minnesota are where our farms are. And it provides a marketplace for, I'm going to say it's a dying breed, small family farms. But yeah. Westby is, has committed to being able to still find a market for that, for, for these family farms to stay afloat. It's, it's, it's a legacy really both on the, on the creamery side and I would say on my own personal family farm. I'm a sixth generation farmer raising the next generation here. And at the end of the day, it's not about how much money I, I make. I mean, obviously I need money to, to buy the things that I need yeah. in life. But the legacy of carrying the torch to the next generation so that they are able to make a living and be able to live in the country and work this land that our ancestors have runs so much deeper than making a million dollars. You're giving me chills. That's wonderful. <laughs> That's why I tell people that all the time. I'm here because it's, I get to raise my family here. And it's, there's really no other place I'd rather be. I have long days. <laughs> I can put in a, an 18 hour day, no problem some days. But, yeah, I bet. You know, I, I don't, my wife's a stay at home mom. I get to see my kids every day throughout the day. They get to ride in the tractor with me. Yeah. They get to grow up basically the same way that I did. Um, uh -huh. The only advantage they have is that uh, grandma and grandpa are still on the farm too. And so there's three generations here that uh, work together every day. Oh man, you're like living an American dream there that <laughs> I, I think is just wonderful beyond words. Now, how old are your kids? <laughs> My kids are pretty little. I have four kids. Jack is five, Anna's three, Noah's two, and Abe will be one in next month. Wow. Wow. Uh, you, you're the sixth generation to farm this farm. Yes. 
where did your ancestors come from? They came from Germany. Or okay. not, my uncle would actually know this better. He's more of a history guru. Uh-huh. But I believe my the, the first generation actually is on that farm, which uh-huh. is why his farm is 150, been in the family for 150 years. And I, I'm not sure if he actually obtained it from the government way back in wow. the 1800s. Sure, um, yeah. As I, know, I know it goes back to the 1800s, obviously, if we're going back 150 years, but I'm not 100% sure if he got it from the government or if he bought it from a different landowner at that time. Ben checked with his uncle, and his uncle said that Ben's great-great-great-grandfather was the first person to homestead the farm that he lives on and where his dad grew up. That great-great-grandfather was technically the third person to own the farm, but the first to build a home there. And then I asked Ben about his wife, Erin, and how she got to a farm up on the ridge after growing up in Maplewood a suburb of the Twin Cities. And we're going to hear more from Erin herself in the next podcast. But here's Ben. For me, the Twin Cities is just a big blob on a map, and it's Minneapolis, St. Paul. If you're, if you're from right. there, that's where you're from. So she was a pre-vet major at uh, UW-River Falls because she, from when she was uh, probably six years old, just loved animals. She worked okay. at uh, several small animal clinics, actually up until we got married, and uh, she wanted to be a vet, but to be a vet and mother at the same time, she felt was going to be a challenge. So when she met me and I brought her home here for the first time, her dream I will say maybe changed a little bit in that she loves animals, she wanted to be a vet, but she saw how family uh, trumped that personal dream, maybe, if you will. She'd probably be able to speak better to that, but this is uh-huh. just my interpretation of it. She works on the farm, too, at night, specifically. She takes care of the kids in the morning, since they're still sleeping while we're milking. And she feeds calves at night and helps me milk uh-huh. as well. So uh, she grew up in the city, but she knows how to milk a cow <laughs> and feed calves. And, and she she committed herself to well to that. I mean, the, the calf care really falls into her lap right now. That's uh, uh-huh. She takes care of the, the young stock, um, which is the future of our dairy farm, really. Because yes. uh, if you want a healthy cow, you got to start at the calf. <laughs> Those were pretty much all of my questions, unless there's anything I didn't ask you about that you'd like to, to add. <sighs> my story, while it may not be a traditional business model in that it was set up to make lots of money. I would say the take-home message for me on, on organic dairy farming, dairy farming, farming in general with my family is that it's, it's a legacy, um, I guess, is what I have in that I believe that that fits in well with Westby, what Westby Co-op Creamery is, is because that co-op being open for over 115 years, it's a legacy. Um, yeah. There's many, many farmers that when that co-op was developed, it's it's a hard concept for people today to understand in that those farmers built that co-op 
and they didn't make money while they did it. They, all the, all the money that they would have made at that time went into building that cooperative. That's the same building that still stands there today. Oh, and wow. Uh -huh. to, to understand the blood and sweat that went into that while they made no money, but they believed in the future of that co-op. So everything they were going to do was going to last past their, their farming or, or, or their lives. And, and, and if they could come and they come back and see that today, I think they would be in awe, but also would have said, that's why we did what we did. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, Ben, thank you so much for your time and your inspiration. Not a problem. Thanks for reaching out to me. Hmm. Kind of another way to look at life in general, huh? This has been another by the Seat of My Pants production. Theme music by Peter Danilovitz.